Today on Snail Trail 4x4, Tyler takes a Benny and Jimmy does it on his phone. Snail Trail 4x4 is brought to you by Best Line Racing. Best Line Racing has a complete lineup of performance additives for your engine's needs. From our oil additives to our fuel treatments, we have you covered for your hobby, tow rig, race car, or your daily driver. Check the show notes for your Snail Trail 4x4 discount at bestlineracing.com. Beat time. Welcome one, welcome all to the Snail Trail 4x4 podcast. If you like going off-roading in Toyotas, wrenching on Toyotas, camping in Toyotas, and doing a survival expertise in Toyotas, then this is the podcast for you. What's up, ladies and gentle ladies, everybody out there? Uh, my name is Tyler. I will be one of the people that's hanging out with you on this fine Monday day, afternoon, morning, evening, night, whatever you're listening to this. It could be on a Tuesday as well, so we got to put that in there. And then if you go that route, we can't discriminate. So you could be uh, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday as well. You're not listening on Saturday and Sunday because hopefully you're off wheeling or camping or doing something right. like that. So, <laughs> Jimmy, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm I'm really hoping up. I'm hoping that things open up this week. I doubt it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'm hopeful too. I'm I'm very very hopeful, but uh, I I don't know. I'm not holding my breath, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I can't really go anywhere either because. Kermit is up getting his engine taken out. So we'll talk a little bit about that, I think, on the next episode, on Thursday's episode here this week. Uh, But yeah, Kermit Kermit is no longer operational, like at all now. Um, So if everything does open up, I don't get to go do anything. Wah, wah. Hold on, I have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Woe is me. Um, well, cool. What are you, why are you so happy? Are you going to, are you going to go out wheeling? Um, probably not anytime fairly soon. I am looking at going to trail hero still, so we'll see if that actually pans out. So I don't think they're having any any fires over trail hero. So no, it would just be the COVID thing that would shut it down. Yeah. Um, they don't have the fire problems out that way. Well, they're finding out now that we are, you know, two weeks past Sturgis, Mm-hmm. Um, they're finding out that there wasn't as big of an outbreak from Sturgis as they thought there was going to be. Yeah. So I'm I hoping saw that that bodes well for other events. You know, I think that it's very, very possible to do social events as long as you're responsible with them. Yeah. I saw <laughs> some people posting up on social media that like there's been over 250,000 cases related back to Sturgis there. Yeah. And I'm like, no way no. What <laughs> like happened? read the titles yes. people like there read weren't the even articles like there weren't even <laughs> you know there's not 250,000 people that are at Sturgis now what <laughs> what the article that came out was claiming you have to actually read the article don't we just read headlines everybody yeah um, was that the potential from Sturgis was upwards of 250,000 and that's you know, people taking it back home and giving it to people at home. And then yeah. those people giving it to people. Right, exactly. Um, and that was the, the, the total like worst case scenario potential. That was not what's been recorded. That's mm. not anything like that. They still don't even have like just pure recorded numbers from Sturgis, but it's nowhere near 
what they were originally thinking. Right. So it just shows that we can be responsible. We can be human beings that care about each other and, and be responsible with things. Um, you know, the easiest, quickest, most effective way is just to wear a face mask. Mm-hmm. And, and that stops like, I don't know, was it 99, nine, something above 95% of the spread of any kind of COVID stuff? If you're yeah, depending masks. on what you're wearing. Yeah. But yeah. So anyways, it's, you know, we can be responsible. We can social distance. We can wear face masks and we can still have social events. Absolutely. So, so, um, in regards to that, I also want to say a big thank you to all of our patrons. Yes. <laughs> and in thanks re- you in for to that. I don't, thank, I don't know how that works. <laughs> because uh, it's uh, a social thing. Maybe. Uh, and thank you for <laughs> being patrons, but you know, keeping your social distance. Yeah, that works. Where I'm trying to find it. Okay, so we had, Jimmy's trying to say everyone stay away from him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have medical insurance, man. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. And then not that I think I've said it before. It's not that I'm scared to get it. It's just if I, if I get it and then I have to be hospitalized. Yeah. You know, it's like I've got, I don't have any money left in the world. Yeah. Well, you can always start a GoFundMe account. Yeah. Sorry. Was that, was that too, too soon? soon. <laughs> um, explore off road. Yeah. Explore Off-Road. Thank you so much for becoming a $10 patron. This is super cool that you joined us. So who is Explore Off-Road? Because I saw that pop up and I was like, I have no clue who that is. Is that a person or is it a company that's supporting us? What's going on uh, Sort here? of both, I guess. It's uh-huh. uh, He runs a web, a YouTube or excuse me, a uh, Instagram okay. um, called Explore Off-Road. And he highlights other people's. He, um, promotes other people's um, posts on there and and his own but i uh, met him when i was out with brennan and we were wheeling snake lake and uh, we uh, came okay. across a group of forerunners and yes. he, at the time he had i think uh, i think he had a lexus okay 450 470 i don't remember a 200 series yeah <laughs> um hold on time out time out he said okay hey team been listening to your content ever since I met Jimmy and his buddy Brennan out at the Gold Lakes about a half a year ago or a year and a half ago. Has it been a year and a, a half, half since that trip? Or it's, no, it's been about a year now, I think. Okay. But he said about half a year ago. Okay. I just need to learn how to read. Okay. <laughs> I was in my black GX 470 there at the go. time. Uh-huh. Now I have a 94 FZJ80. <gasps> Bastard. Mm-hmm. And it's in the building process. Uh, okay. Uh, you guys helped me make the switch quickly. Um, or you helped me get up, winch up the sticky, muddy hill. And I'll never forget that, which nice. was a gnarly hill. Yeah. Um, Bob, I tried to do the hard line on Bobcat and I literally just hit the wall and slid Slid-a-round. because it was just, it was a wet, <laughs> like it was raining on us and snowing uh-huh. on us that day. It was, and it was a cold night. Mm-hmm. Thanks for all the awesome content. Much love from the Sack family. Um, even though I'm originally from Fresno. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, buddy. Yep. Well, let's be friends. That way we can pick on Fresno, Fresno together. Yep. I, uh, I followed up saying it was a good night. It was a cold night. It was great meeting yeah. you. Tyler's also from Fresno area. <laughs> nice. And he's like, oh, he's one of the other lucky ones that got out. Yeah, right. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so awesome. Explore Off-Road. Oh, Thank you so much uh, for your support. Nice. That's cool. We'll have to go hang out with them sometime. Yeah. They just ended up doing the Rubicon. Nice. In Um, the FJ80 or? No, he didn't do it in the FJ80. I don't know if he went out on that trip, but a bunch of the guys that we met all had forerunners and uh, 
um, they went and did the Rubicon and they're like, oh my gosh, it was so crazy. It was so gnarly. <laughs> and then they said that the second time they went this year, they're like, yeah, it wasn't as bad. We, yeah. I, we knew what to expect this yes. time. So it's, it's one of those trails. We say it all the time. It's, it's whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You can make it as easy or as difficult as you want it. And if you're going in for the first time, it can be a very, very difficult trail. It can. If you don't know where all the lines are, you're just kind of going through and you're like, I don't know, should I go around this or go up this little spot called Snail Hill? Or, yeah. you know, how do you, what's the correct way to do whale bones? Like, right. There's all these, there's, I mean, every single obstacle has like six different lines you can take. And if you don't know which one to take, it can be a difficult trail. It can, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Especially if you're up there with people that have never been up there before, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that was awesome. Thanks so much for the support. Um, also going on this month, we have the uh, um, Best Line Racing uh, Engine Oil Additives Giveaway. The Engine and, Performance Engine Performance Additive. Thank you. Uh, it's not just <laughs> oil. It's all the above. Yeah. Um, so we're stoked to bring that to you guys, and hopefully some lucky winner out there will uh, get a boost of their car. Me. Either you cannot Me. win. But my 3-4 is going to need some, some love when it, when it's done. It will, probably. All right. Um, also, the don't forget to go check out the Gear Wrench Ultimate Garage Giveaway. And when you enter up for that and for a chance to win $35,000 worth of tools, make sure that you then also enter into the Gear Wrench Corey's Secondary Runner-Up Awesome Giveaway of sorts. <laughs> awesome giveaway of sorts yes <laughs> i like it that's gonna turn into a hashtag <laughs> gear wrench Corey's garage giveaway of awesome proportionates and yeah awesome proportions and of sorts <laughs> i did get a i did receive a um picture from um our very good friend sherpa no i sherpa's like dead to me he doesn't ever do Whoa, anything oh fighting words brian murphy <laughs> oh oh i don't know if i can pull it up that guy okay yeah <laughs> I, he won't let me pull the photo up anymore but he put a special at the end of his video because he submitted a video oh yeah into the ultimate garage giveaway and then he submitted one to um the the gear, gear wrench, wrench Corey secondary garage, runner secondary up garage giveaway yeah, that thing. <laughs> um, at the end in the snail trail font uh-huh. he got it um he put special thanks to jimmy and tyler and gear wrench cory for introducing me to gear wrench tools oh no way he put that at the <laughs> end of his cool. video I'm like oh you're gonna win just because of that right <laughs> So, <laughs> that's yeah. cool brian's been killing it he's been he's been mocking up some cool shirts he's been uh drawing up some uh cool designs and he's been commenting very often he's uh he's, he's doing good nice. he might be my like sherpa and sean are like they send in some cool emails uh-huh. but brian's probably the one that's like uh, keeping up with the modern day stuff that's like actually happening and helping progress the life i guess instead of like well he's the one that kind of like yeah right (laughs) well he's the one that kind of views things similarly to how you do because he's a designer he's a graphic Mm -hmm. designer as well so you two just kind of go and talk about random graphic design stuff and he comes up with these hilarious memes yes whereas like you said sean and sherpa just kind of call us names yeah that's pretty much it (laughs) Um, let's see. We covered iTunes reviews last week. We covered the ultimate garage. I think that's about it. Any cool. other up quick updates? Um, not that I know of. Okay. The safety clinic was this weekend. 
So oh. we'll, we'll hear some updates. I'm sure check out uh, wheeling wine and whiskey to hear about how the safety clinic goes. Oh, cool. Um, I know it's interesting because the only people allowed to stay there at Hollister Hills are yeah. the instructors. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you, the participants don't even get to stay there now. Oh, so bummer. they have to come in just for the day and then come back on Sunday if they want to come back on Sunday. But yeah, hmm. um, the, just the day Saturday. So it'll be interesting to hear how that goes. I'm, I'm very curious to hear um, how that runs out and how yeah. they change things up now with um, the, all the fire restrictions and camping restrictions everywhere. Yeah. So. I know that um, even when uh, the assistant and I went, there weren't a lot of people besides the instructors camping. Okay. Um, so I don't think it's going to be that different okay. from what it is. So cool. Mm-hmm. So we'll hear the update on that. I'm sure check out a uh, wheeling wine and whiskey. I believe their episodes come out on Tuesday, Tuesday mornings. So uh, they'll have their episode out of the safety clinic. I'm sure tomorrow or yesterday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, <laughs> uh, I crack myself up, Jimmy. I guess we should go to a break now. <laughs> All right, let's go to a break. We have a fun topic for you guys. It's going to be kind of a continuation of last week. Not really a continuation, but an addition to last week uh, because we wanted it. We had a couple topics we wanted to do. So we chose the rock landing stuff first because that's what we are all about is the rock landing life. You should Mm -hmm. put that on a t-shirt, by the way. Rock landing life. Yep. Okay. Uh, And uh, oh, speaking of t-shirts, Jimmy released a new t-shirt. And it's the firing order for a 22 RE. So you guys should go check it out. If you have a little 2.4 liter, if you're living that 22 RE life, you should go check out one of those t-shirts. I got one. It is quite comfy, especially when you're 150 feet up on a tower sweating. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're sweating a lot. <laughs> That's what we'll put, leave it at. <laughs> they're, uh, I specifically, they're a fitted shirt. Just so everybody knows we did talk about the shirt already, but it's a fitted shirt. Um, and, but I specifically chose that brand because it's a nice fabric. It's a nice, nice. breathable fabric. And mm-hmm. I mainly like it's a nice short sleeve shirt, but it's um, it's really comfy in the summer because it's mm-hmm. um, it's not a thick shirt. Yeah, it's like it's, it's a little it's a little thinner, but it's still a still good quality. Like, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't feel cheap at all. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a higher, more high on the price range of the shirts that are available. But um, but. Be, one because it's fitted yeah. and it's pre-shrunk but it is a higher quality cotton and it's nice and oh it's pre-shrunk too mm-hmm. that'll be nice that i won't have to wear around a midriff very often i hope you don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure they're pre-shrunk okay i can double check that cool so go check it out are you releasing any new shirts um i have one to two in that i'm working on um mm-hmm. but i don't know when they'll be out okay you need to make a snail armor shirt do i Yes. Okay. Because we need that cheeky little snail with his little armor cover. We need him out more often. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyways, so let's go on to the break and we'll be right on back with today's campfire emergency discussion. Welcome back, ladies and germs, to today's discussion. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. I'm, I'm excited because I'm totally like one of those people that would love to go out and f- I fantasize about being on shows like Alone and Survivor Man and all these other kind of like outdoor survival shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, 
this is going to be a fun episode for me. We started making a list and I, I've very quickly got over my allotment of items and said, well, too bad. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so, I think, and I, um, I had have no idea what's on your list. I uh-huh. can't see it. Um, and, but I think we're going to have two completely different lists. It'll be interesting because you originally were talking about, well, let's say, let's just, let's, let's get into, what we were we were thinking like we okay. we wanted to do a few different item lists right because we haven't done one in a really long time yeah so the first one we came out with was rock landing yeah what are things to take rock landing some fun items yeah. that maybe people haven't thought of or a twist to the item and so this the next one we wanted to take emergency items right and then you and i had completely different ideas of what an emergency item was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> And I think, uh, you know, mine comes from more of the backpacking world, mm-hmm. you know, of things that I'm going to need in an, emer- an an extreme emergency situation. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm in a winter wonderland uh-huh. and I have n- nowhere to go and Not no way Saharan to get out. Not the Desert? Uh, what could, about Death Valley? If you're down in the middle of Death Valley? Could, they probably, some of the, I mean, you probably don't need, need to build a fire uh-huh. If you're in the middle of the heat of Death Valley, but it does get it cold. cold it night, gets cold man. at night, but not in the middle of summer. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of summer, it gets cold. Like it's cold is like 85 or something. I don't know. I've been out in uh, Red Rock Canyon, which is right next to Death Valley. Yeah. Um, where it was 100, 105 during the day and then like 38 at night. Holy cow. And it, I was just massive, massive temperature swings. And you're like, what the hell is going on? My body doesn't know how to take this. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. So. But I think, and I'm guessing, because I, I haven't seen yours, okay. that yours is going to be more of the uh, like emergency camping, still camping. We're still, this is still somewhat of a camping situation, but uh-huh. more of like, I'm not carrying it in a backpack. I'm carrying it in my vehicle. Um, Not quite. So my, I mean... Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's it's like the basics for that, but what I really wanted to hit on was what are the necessities if mm-hmm. you are in a situation where you have to survive camping? Right. Okay. Kind of thing. And like, so let me, let me, let me ask, and I want to bring up, this might be one of the definitive versions, right? Okay. Do you have a hatchet on your list? Um, I do not. Okay. Because I would say you don't need a hatchet if you're trying to survive. You need a knife. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we might be on the same page here. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how this goes. Okay. Because well, this will be interesting. <laughs> I turned the laptop away from Jimmy. He, so he yeah, can't he really see the did. Screen. <laughs> so I'm, I'm lit. I, have, I can't see your screen because the laptop's blocked. I have my bag your, right your, here. Yeah. This is my emergency kit bag. Okay. And so it's so tiny. I, exactly. It's so cute. It is <laughs> tiny. It doesn't, you don't, it doesn't need to be big, but giggity. It's all in how you use it and how you prep it. How you prepare it? Exactly. Okay. So um, let me open the bag, and I'm hiding these things behind you the are. laptop. All right. So where do we want to start? I'm going to start with my number one item. Okay. And that is communications. All right. I like so, it. So uh, I, I obviously put down ham radio, mm-hmm. uh, but you can put whatever you need for as long as you have emergency communications. If you need to get a hold of search and rescue in an emergency situation, or if you need to get life flighted out, or if you have a buddy that needs to get life flighted out, or you need to get in touch with somebody to come get you, um, you need some way of doing that. And there's only really, in my opinion, two ways. I guess there's three ways to do that. One is a ham radio, and the other is like a Garmin uh, uh, satellite GPS mm-hmm. 
thing of yeah. some kind or a spot so, or, or a something. spot yeah. something that communicates via satellite okay until elon musk launches his satellite internet across north america those are our two options <laughs> right i like it those so, are good so let me take that into the backpacking world okay <laughs> all right i'm ready smoke signals well smoke signals are actually a really good way but okay. another good option is a whistle you oh okay that makes sense right because if you're all alone or if you are separated from your friends mm-hmm. a whistle is a very low energy output mm-hmm. for a loud noise that is very true yeah <laughs> and so people can focus in and will hit and, it, and it's a distinct noise yeah. right there's nothing in nature that necessarily makes like a fox 40 whistle noise okay yeah you know <laughs> um and so you can it's easy to make the noise and people can locate you fairly easy by that directional. Gotcha. Um, and then another item is a mirror, a mirror, a mirror. Is Cause you so can you reflect, can you can flash the sun in at directions and at people. Ah. If you see them and they will get, see the flashing motion. Gotcha. Um, the, the sit, the, like the, the light, the light signal. In. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and especially if, like you're on a side of a hill mm-hmm. and you know that you can see people down below. You can literally like sort of flash the mirror and you can get it directional at them. And then okay. it's a good way if they can now visually see where you are. Okay. And so those two pair up really well. Um, if you start blowing, making noise, and then if you're in an area where people can spot you, if you yeah, have the line of sight kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, okay. Those are the more camping side of things where if you cool. are away from, if you don't have a ham radio or you don't have a GPS that you send, can hit the satellites uh-huh. and you're lost and you're out in the middle of nowhere, then, you know, these are good survival tools to have. Cool. That's cool. Um, so my second thing. Okay. Would be a way to make sure 1 million percent that you personally do not get lost. So you know where you are. A compass. A compass. Well, not necessarily. A compass will tell you your direction and headings. Mm-hmm. It won't necessarily tell you where you are, though. Okay. Um, so you either need maps, topo maps. Mm-hmm. Especially topo maps will give you a very quick idea if you're good at reading topo- topography of where you are. I personally absolutely do not go anywhere without my Gaia maps on my cell phone. Sure. And I make sure that they're loaded offline for whatever area I'm going to be going. Yes, yeah, that's those are that's awesome. I do the same thing, mm-hmm. um, and I. But the problem is, is that you're usually not around anywhere for your to charge your phone again. You know, to at, unless you're if you're away from your vehicle in the backpacking mm-hmm. world. Yeah, you know, you're not around if unless you have a battery pack with you, which is not a bad thing to bring. Uh-huh. You know, if your phone dies, yeah your SOL. Yeah. So, um, sometimes if in the backpacking world, I will take paper maps as a backup. Yeah. What I have found while hiking is if you turn uh, your phone onto our airplane mode, your airplane, your airplane mode, yeah, the airplane mode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you do. And then turn your screen all the way down. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can usually get a pretty damn good lifespan. You can. And what you can do is if you have your topo maps loaded on your phone, you can go from, point to point or ridge to ridge or ridge and just turn on your phone when you're on that ridge and you need your next point to get to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and by doing I, it that way, you can get your phone to last a hell of a long time. Yeah. I literally turn my phone off. Exactly. And mm-hmm. until I need it. And then, and then I have it on airplane mode and I usually 
get the screen as low as I can, yep. as fast as I can. Yeah, definitely. But a compass is a good one to uh-huh. uh, to have. Uh, knowing how to use a compass is big because compasses are not necessarily straightforward nope. on how to use. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, both of those I think are all that is those are great items. Yeah. Knowing like if you're around your vehicle and you're off four wheeling and you're you know then you probably have power. You probably mm-hmm. can you know. Renewable power, renewable power. power yep. And if you have your, the key, the key thing here is download the maps so you can use them offline. Exactly. If you're using them on your phone or take paper maps, old school paper maps mm-hmm. with you. Nowadays it's hard to find topo paper maps, mm-hmm. but, um, if you look around, you can, they'll be out there. Yep. So cool. Uh, well, so I assume the, the backpacking version of that would be paper maps, paper maps, essentially and compass, yep. kind paper of maps and a compass. Nice. And, um, and I still load it. I still do it on my phone, Yeah, you know, because I like to also do you really do it on your phone. I do. <laughs> that's, um, that's good to because know, I, I like to track, uh-huh. I like to, you know, GPS track myself oh, yeah. and track them. My steps, my watch does it also. Oh, um, my true. watch will do a GPS and I've been out backpacking before, um, where we got ourselves up on a ridge and we knew we needed to go down in like this general area, uh-huh. but we didn't know exactly where our camp was. Okay. Right? We knew it was down there, Yeah, <laughs> but we didn't know exactly, you know, a little to the left or a little to the right, you know? Yeah. And so, it's well, within this 30 degrees. Of yeah. No, heading. not even that. Maybe like 20, <laughs> Yeah, you know, plus or minus tw- 10 degrees going down this hill. Yeah. And, um, we just started, I was like, let's go and I'll just find the, our old tracks on my, you know, on my watch. Oh, that's cool. You know, and we just walked down and I'm like, okay, yeah. And like, you know, we're on our 40, tracks 40 now. feet. We, we got to turn left, Yeah, you know, and <laughs> you know, and then like we went around this corner and we're like, Oh, there's camp, you nice. know? So yeah. So just having some GPS tracking is good mm-hmm. on, for that as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like it. I forgot about the, how, um, technologically savvy watches are becoming nowadays and yeah. how much you can use those to your advantage as well when you're out without a cell signal. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, to some extent you need to load maps into, um, the watches as well. Yeah. So cool. Um, my next thing. Okay. Was I, I put these two things tied and it really depends on you're the environment you're in and it really your environmental factors, right? So I put one water or some kind of sustainable water, like a life straw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was a heating source. So fire. So something to either heat okay. food up or keep you warm at night. If it is getting super cold and you need heat. And so yeah. those two things I think are equally important because us as human beings, we don't regulate body temperature very well without clothing. <laughs> Absolutely. So we need other ways to help regulate our body temperature to make sure that we don't get a hypothermic in colder environments at night, essentially. And it really comes down to what kind of environment are you in? Are you in a place that has decent water that you, that you probably can drink without getting all sorts of really cool, uh, uh diet plans going on, AKA Giardia or, you know, are you in an environment that has plenty of water and you know, heat is going to be what you need to prioritize? So I don't know. I put those two things kind of equal priority and it really just depends on where you're going as to which thing is going to be more available. Um, but I put water and heat source okay. as, as kind of the next priority for me in terms sure. of thinking about survivability outdoors. Okay. Um, so do you have anything for those? 
So water, I Let, put. Let's uh, just stick. Let's stick on okay. the water side here. So yeah. water, I carry a life straw around, okay, yeah. and I have a life straw in my glove box and my camping box. Nice. So I've got two of them that I carry around, and then I have a third one back at home for emergency if I go out in the Rav Four or yeah. something like that. So yeah, the um, the I have a life straw as well, mm-hmm. and they're they're really cool, and mm-hmm. it's a really smart invention. Yeah. Um, I also have a um, and I don't use it that often, but I have a like. Nalgene like bottle uh-huh. that has a straw filtration system in the lid. Oh, built in the lid. I yeah. think I've seen that right um, Yeah. And so you can fill it with the creek water. And then, you know, and what's nice about that is that when you're out on a hike, let's say you normally bring three liters of water with you. Yeah. Well, now you only need to take, well, now you start off with three liters, but then if you drink the Nalgene down and you come across a stream, you mm. just fill, the, fill, it up. fill it back up. <laughs> yeah. And then you just can drink that and it pulls it out. Yeah. Is yeah. that a life straw? The one lid? I no, it's not, but okay. I do think that they make something I say, I, like I thought that. I remember them making something for yeah. for your, your regular 32 ounce Nalgene bottles. Oh, maybe. Um, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I, the one I have is not, it's not a Nalgene and it's uh, another brand and I can't remember the okay. name. Um, but yeah, and it's that the benefit of that is then you, you don't, you're not stop like a life straw. You stop in, at the water and you drink out yeah. of the puddle or pond or river or whatever you do, whatever you're drinking it out of, but then you can't take it with you yeah. in a way. I mean, maybe you have a jug and you could put water in there and then use the life straw to drink out of the jug. But the benefit of having the one that also has a container is you can carry the water with you. With you yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. And anytime I go wheeling, I always take like double the amount of water that I would need. Absolutely. And I plan on essentially a gallon a day per person. And then I double that. <laughs> oh, wow. Is kind of what my, what I prefer to do. So if I'm yeah. going on a three day trip, I try and bring upwards of six gallons of water. So wow. between five yeah. and six gallons. Yeah. I know that the assistant and I, we, we uh, go through roughly a gallon a day. Okay. Yep. Per total. Yeah. Between the between two the of two us. of you. Mm-hmm. So what I take out um, with me when I go backpacking mm-hmm. is I do I carry the life straw. Yeah. But I also take iodine pills or tablets. Tablets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they are super light. Uh huh. Like it's just a little pill that you can drop into the water and it kills all the bacteria in there. I'm not sure if it kills virus level. Mm-hmm. Um. I also have a MSR filtration system that I take with me too. Okay. So I have like three levels. Three different ways of, to, clean, to water. clean water. Yeah. Um, I really don't ever use, I, I mean, hmm. it depends on the, what situation I'm in. If it, I'm in more of a, like a speed adventure, uh-huh. I'll th- use the iodine tablets. Okay. If I'm in a place when, it, like if I'm in a group and we, we all went, you know, hiked up this lake. Huh. One of us will take all the Nalgene's or, you know, drinking containers and go down to the lake and just filter for everybody oh, wow. and, you know, use an MSR or a pier or something that will okay. filter out the water. Um, and then the life straw is really like a last resort gotcha. situation. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, that's good stuff on the different types of yeah. water filtration, so, water prep. Um, before, One thing I did, I did want to bring up. Yes. Uh, I learned recently that if you come into a situation where, say, you're without water for a while and then you come across water all of a sudden, it's extremely important not to just down a bunch of water. Yeah. Our bodies can only absorb 
a certain amount of water over a certain amount of time. Right. And everybody's body is different. Apparently I learned too. Okay. So if you can, I don't know how you figure that out. Yeah. Like what is the rate at which your body can absorb water? But if you essentially you go over, you know, two liters an hour, whatever it is, um, it's just excess wasted water. Sure. And so, uh, it's actually a little bit bad for your system because then it makes you pee more, which then, yeah, you're dehydrating you, yourself. You, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to say this and I'm, it could be a con- somewhat controversial, mm-hmm. um, in a way, but, um, we if, like controversy yeah, on this podcast. If you're in a dire situation <laughs> uh-huh. and you know you're within a day, maybe two of of getting out, uh-huh. drink the water regardless of what it looks like. Yeah. Don't worry about getting, what is it, Giardia? Giardia. Giardia. Yeah. Don't worry about it because if you are out in, if you get saved and you're out and you're, you know, in civilization, you can get... F- cured for yeah, so you can go to a hospital once <laughs> you know, you're there yeah so it's more important that you get water than hurting yourself and yeah. getting dehydrated and hallucinating yeah you know it's and that only you kind of only do that in a situation of that's an extreme yeah so it's in a yeah. very extreme situation and yeah. you're only doing it when you know you're you know fairly close to getting out in the survival so, yeah so um i wanted to ask you Okay. Do you know the rule of threes? I do. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, three minutes without air. Yes. Three, was it days or three, three minutes it's, without air? Yeah. Then three hours. Three hours without shelter. Shelter. Um, and then three days without water and three weeks without food. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. These are extreme conditions yeah. once again. So three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, mm-hmm. three days without water and three weeks without food. Mm-hmm. And um, so I feel like we jumped over because we went from just some, you know, how to get found situations to mm-hmm. water. So what do you do about shelter? See, so for shelter for me, I always plan on I can build a shelter. Okay. So, uh, and one of the things that I talk about, and I, I think about this one all the time because of wheeling, um, is I'm always, always have a shovel with me. Right. Uh, and in and the wheeling situation, you always have a rig with you. True. So you right. can, if and you have you an SUV as a shelter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, you know, you can always sharpen the side of your shovel and use that as a hatchet or as a wood cutting device mm. kind of thing. Uh, and so with that, you can then use wood for fire. You can use wood to build shelters. Um, but the, yeah, for, in terms of shelter, I have on here an emergency blanket or a mm-hmm. sleeping bag, sleeping bag, emergency blanket, emergency blanket, like bare minimum. Yeah. And you can usually, if it's, you know, a couple of days, you can use emergency blankets quite effectively in different scenarios to shelter you from the elements. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So emergency blankets are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And if you've never like used one, mm-hmm. it's like, I wouldn't say open the damn bag because then you'll <laughs> never get it back close. <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing how much warmth gets thrown back at you with uh, that tiny little piece of like aluminum foil. Yeah. Right. So I actually carry, I have an emergency bibby sack. Yeah. Which is an emer- like more emergency sleeping bag, yep. which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and And another trick that I do is when I'm backpacking, I put my sleeping bag in a dry bag Mm -hmm. because I, if you 
if you happen to go through river crossings or it rains on you, you don't, and I have a down sleeping bag, <laughs> you don't ever want that to get wet. And yeah. so I put my down sleeping bag into a dry bag to protect it. Uh, that's so. a good tip. Um, you know, keeping things dry that you absolutely need to stay dry in a survival mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. So dry bags are nice for that. Uh, we skipped over heat heating source. Yeah. So we talked about water. Um, so the heating sources, those ones are interesting to me because I, I really like fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the first one to get to camp and pull out the chainsaw and start creating firewood and getting the fire ready. I'm the, I'm the eternal boy scout throughout the dam, always looking for things to start fires with or, right. or wood to put next to the fire. So I'm prepped and ready for the night for fire. Right. Yeah. And, um, I'm always amazed watching, uh, a survivor on TV, right? Those people are going out knowing that a magnesium flint is what they're going to have to start their fires with. Yes. And nobody <laughs> know. knows how to use them. Absolutely. Nobody uses them at all the right way. I think yeah. and the, I've only been through 15 seasons now. So like that's like a 30 of them, something like that. I've only I think seen three people mm-hmm. that know that are using those correctly. Right. <laughs> So, but those things are amazing. You want to explain how to use it real quick? Yes. So a magnesium flint, if you ever watch Survivor, it's that little flint steel that they toss to people to have fire, right? Mm-hmm. And what it is, is it's a block of magnesium that uh, you can shave off. And magnesium is extremely flammable, but it's a solid material. It's like a metal, essentially, a yeah. flammable metal. And so it's solid. It doesn't weigh a ton, but you can... It doesn't light on fire unless it's like in a powder form. So solid in a block like that, it won't necessarily light on fire if you put a flame to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you shave it off and kind of give it uh, space in between for oxygen to get in between the magnesium particles, it lights up immediately. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you take any knife, any any sharp object and shave magnesium shavings off of the backside of this silver block and then there's a little dark round cylinder that is your flint right on the other side of the magnesium block and that creates sparks when you rub it with metal against metal or you can strike it with a really hard rock and it'll create sparks so the goal is to create these sparks and have them go in the direction of your magnesium powder that you have scraped off the other side of the block right and once the sparks hit the magnesium, magic happens. Yeah. <laughs> More sparks. More sparks happen. So uh, it's a really cool thing. It's waterproof, weatherproof. I don't want to say waterproof. You can't light it in the middle of a pond. But in rain, as long as you have dry tinder, um, it will light. Right. So it's it's in rain. As long as you can find dry tinder, it'll light. It's good. Um, so that, I love that little electric lighter I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm already worried about, you know, surviving and keeping my phone alive, I'd rather, much, much rather have the magnesium flint than an electric lighter to depend on. Yes. Uh, so then there's yep. also matches. There's butane lighters. Um, there's eyeglasses. If you have a good sunny day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's lots of different ways to start fires, uh, your shoestring and a rock and a stick mm-hmm. is another good way. Um, that one takes a long time though. And a lot of effort. There's a lot of energy input into that. Right. So the goal is, you know, getting fires started in energy saving ways. So you're not wasting energy in survival situations. Yeah. Um, what I have here in my hands, I it just looks handed- like a chocolate tipped, I don't candy <laughs> kind of 
<laughs> These are strike anywhere windproof matches. Interesting. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of the protected, I think, sort of a waxy side on them. Okay. And then the strike anywhere tips that are kind of common. It looks like and chocolate. So, yeah, it looks like a chocolate <laughs> little tip. Okay. Match in a way. Um, and so it these are... like something you would see at, um, uh, uh, what are those called? Not a bachelor party. <laughs> the other one for women. Oh, bachelorette <laughs> bachelorette party thing yeah they kind of are phallic they, they yeah they look like something at a bachelorette party and so we kind of talked about these last time ah these okay. are, this is a blowout candle so when you pair these guys together uh-huh. you got strike anywhere windproof matches with a blowout candle nice now you can in a way for the most part you can almost guarantee that you are not going to lose a flame yeah Right, like and that. so you can have the strike anywhere with windproof. So then you can transfer that to the blowout candle, and now you have a candle. Even if it goes out, it probably comes back. Yeah, right. You know, and so these these matches are really cool. Nice. Um, also, a, a good trick that we kind of talked about last time is dryer lint. Dryer lint's a good one. Keeping it double bagged. Yep. Just yeah. make sure that it stays dry because uh-huh. once it is, um, once it does get wet, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. But it's very flammable. And so that's why you change out your dryer lint in your dryer. Yes. Um, and I just like I just keep all these little in baggie. like one little yeah. baggie. Um, and I I'm like two for one for uh, candles for matches. I have well, excuse me, I have two matches per candle, per candle because just like in case I don't get the flame mm-hmm. over, you know, I'm I want to make sure I have that. And so, then and then I just bring a lighter, a butane lighter, be a little nice. bic okay. butane lighter. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'll probably try this first and if it doesn't work, then I'll, you know, end up going to some candles and matches. Um, but most anywhere, unless you're like really, if the butane lighter gets wet, it doesn't work. And Mm -hmm. if it, um, is at high elevations, they don't work very well. I got you. You just don't get a big flame out of it. Yeah. But the striker, the sparker, will always work. It will work. The Absolutely. sparker will always work. No, either if, if you don't have butane left in your lighter. Mm-hmm. So, so if you, you still have a bench. flint and steel mm-hmm. with the magnesium, you can throw the magnesium down and you can use the sparker on your lighter to spark and light the yeah. magnesium. Yeah. I don't know if I would want to be that close to the magnesium when it lights, but <laughs> you, yeah. you can if, hey. if you need to. You got to yeah. do what you got to do. So that was that was my, uh, my last heating source idea. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've said it before, but the best place to find dry branches is low hanging branches on a tree that mm-hmm. are still attached to the tree. Because mm-hmm. especially if it's been rainy and wet, usually the canopy has shed all the water away from the base of the tree, mm-hmm. the lower section of the tree, and you can just reach up and pull off all those dead branches because yep. the tree automatically kills them off because they're no longer creating photosynthesis for the tree and bringing in nutrients. Yeah. So um, you can usually get some good branches in those locations. Also, um, just look around the base of a tree. You can usually find that. And then, you know, start small and get larger, and you can probably create a pretty rip-roaring fire. Be a grower, not a shower. There you go. (laughs) It's my life motto. Yep. (laughs) Uh, You can also use a tree moss. Moss. Um, if you're in a foresty environment, uh, moss will grow on the north side of trees. Good job. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and so uh, you can pull a lot of moss off. And as long as it's not like wet and damp, doesn't matter how green or dry it is. Most of the time, it's it'll light up pretty really? easily and quickly. I didn't know that. Yeah, it just can't be really dewy and wet. Okay. 
Uh, and if it is, and you can get a fire going, but you don't necessarily have tinder for later, you can grab moss and smoke it over your fire to dry it out so that you have tinder for later. Oh. Yeah. There you go. There you go. The more you know. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you got. Uh, you have more on your list, I'm sure. I have a couple of others, and they're not necessarily survivable things. These are like the next tier. Once you get that yeah. priority stuff fixed, these are kind of things that just help increase your odds of survival i'm the, i'm more or less there as well mm-hmm. um i would like to bring i guess i'm more or less there i think the next thing kind of in the th- the rules of three is foods yeah. and i think um i always kind of bring some very nutrition dense bars as like a sort of a backup food supply and this is you know like this is while i'm backpacking if i'm car camping i always have pack way too much food <laughs> yeah and you know this isn't that big of an issue but if i'm backpacking i'm usually have some like vitamin bars of some sort whether you know like power bars uh you know protein style high protein things um mm-hmm. and those are more of the backups and that's really the kind of only thing that i wanted to talk about in the rules of threes um i do have um something I kind of wanted to add to shelter Mm -hmm. and that's just good clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of falls in line with shelter because you can always layer up. Yeah. I always think layering is like the, the, one of the easiest ways to thermally regulate yourself. 100%. Right. You know, and especially if you're going, you know, like I've got thermals and then I have medium layer pants and then I have a heavy layer pants and then I have an outer shell, Uh you know, it's like, yeah, okay, I've got a bunch of layers on, but you know, when you start to get hot, you can pull off one of the layers and you can control that. Yeah. Depending on what situation you're in, you know, I, you know, I would say bring, you just always prepare yourself for sort of the worst case scenario mm-hmm. when Plan comes, for the worst hope for the best yeah for when especially when it comes to a lot of these things we're talking about yeah um but i think a great gore-tex shell um and depending on the situation that you're in great gore-tex pants are mm-hmm. always nice so i'll kind of along those lines uh i put on here socks socks because we as human beings we depend on our feet to get around and move for movement. Mm -hmm. And if you are not moving your chances of getting to survival, a place of survivability are, are very slim. Mm -hmm. So being able to take care of your feet and the best way to do that is having, keeping your feet dry. You don't want them to be soaking wet, not be able to breathe for long amounts of time and, uh, keeping them warm. Yeah. And so if your socks get wet, uh, then you need to dry them out. You need to be able to let your feet dry out and your socks dry out overnight when you're sleeping kind of thing uh, because you need to wear your socks during the day when you're moving. Right. So I put socks, a smart wool in wintertime. Uh, you got, if you're going to be out in snow at all, absolutely 100% have some kind of wool socks. Yes. So yeah. why is that, Jimmy? <laughs> well, I, th- I think we said this before as well. I think we that, have, yeah. um, there's two natural fabrics on the planet that will keep your keep you warm when even if they are wet. Yeah, and wool is one of them, and silk is the other. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to socks, a lot of people do. Um, I can't recall what the term is, but they li- do like l- a liner. Okay, and they so they have like a really tight somewhat i wouldn't say restricting but a tight very thin sock 
and then they put on a thicker oversock. Okay. Um, and the benefit kind of of that is then if your shoe is tight and you're walking around and your sock is m- moving, it won't be moving against your skin. And create blisters. It, and create blisters. Gotcha. It's moving in cr- against the the liner. Yeah. And um, it's rubbing against that, and it's not rubbing against your skin and creating blisters. Gotcha. Now, one of the other safety equipments I bring uh-huh. is moleskin. Ah, okay. Moleskin is a, uh, it's a, it's sort of a skin-like esque um, material. Yeah. That's fairly, it's pretty strong, and then it's got a sticky back. Yeah. And so what you do is if you Kinda do like me get a, the summer, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you do get a blister, you cut off a chunk of the, of moleskin. And you actually, the what I found works really well is you cut off a big chunk and then you actually cut out of that big chunk, you cut a hole in the middle. Where your blister is? Yeah. Ah. And then you more or less put it over your blister and um, and then the hole is risen as, you know, the, the blister is on the, the inside hole, yeah, yeah. of the hole. Yeah. And so the benefit of that is kind of if you just put the moleskin over the blister, you're still getting pressure from the boot or your shoe on because the blister is risen, mm-hmm. you're still getting pressure through with now the moleskin on top. Yeah. So if you can eliminate the pressure hitting that one spot by build maybe two or three layers of moleskin, gotcha. you can um, take pressure off of that one's position. Gotcha. And so moleskin's always, and it's light and it's like a few pieces of paper thick. Space, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. it just sits at the bottom of my emergency bag, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a good, th- I've had to use it a few times. So nice. yeah, socks are great. Carry multiple different types or m- mm-hmm. multiple Ver, not version, but have many socks with you. Yeah. Um, so that if one does get wet, then you can just trade them out. Yeah. You know, and if you are having, finding yourself have to hike a lot, some moleskin's always good to have on hand. Yeah. Uh, back to food really quick, just because I'm looking down my list here. Okay. Uh, I carry mountain houses. Mountain houses. I do carry yeah. mountain houses as a, like a very backup emergency. Mm-hmm. The assistant keeps pulling them out, and I always put one back in. <laughs> um, and you know, but yeah, backpacking. I usually ha- I usually plan like okay, I'm going to be camping for three days, and I'm going to so I need you know three days, two nights. I'm bu- still buying three mountain houses. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. why not carry an extra one? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, if you're in that dire of a situation, then you're rationing that food anyway. And if hopefully you're with and friends, they, and they make pretty big servings. They make really big servings. <laughs> yeah, I challenge <laughs> all you out there, tr- somebody, if you can finish the ten person beef stroganoff by yourself oh my god there's a 10 person beef stroganoff <laughs> yes. that sounds amazing <laughs> nobody in my group has done it as far as i know but when I, everybody we usually end up somebody will bring out the 10 person beef stroganoff <laughs> and they'll like i'm gonna do it nope. that's amazing and then I we hand it then we out. hand it off around the around the campfire or whatever and that's fantastic fish, finishing it off for yeah. them but yeah usually there are servings for two and i end up mm-hmm. eating the whole thing okay there you go. So. Yeah. I, I usually get the two or two and a half serving ones. Yeah. And I usually eat the whole thing, but like the two and a half ones pushes me. Should, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So man, try the 10 be, person. I try and I try and like end up Maybe leaving that f- one for a snack. I think later. there's a five person. And I think there's a 10 person. Jesus I can, if Christ. I can't, I need to go back. I'm pretty sure it's, there's a 10, <laughs> 10 servings. Jeez. So that's crazy. Yeah. Mountain houses are great. And I have, I have gone and bought my ration of mountain houses that I'm going to need for my camping trip and bought another additional one to eat for dinner that night. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cause they're, they're good. They do taste. They're for plenty being good. Dried, for, they exactly. For just add water. Yeah. They're delicious. Do you know which uh, brands there are out there where you don't even have to, well, you don't have to heat it up. 
So um, what it is, it's it's your food, your freeze dried food is in a pouch, and you put water in that. Mm-hmm. And then you just add any water to your exterior pouch. So it's a pouch within a pouch. And in the exterior pouch is a chemical. And as soon as it gets water, liquid on it, mm-hmm. it creates a chemical reaction and, and boils. Up. And it'll warm up your inner pouch. Okay. So like those, yeah. you don't even need a heat source. Right. For them, you just add water and you can pee in the outer bag. And yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. It'll, it'll I don't, heat up everything. I haven't heard of those. But yeah, that's I, will, cool. I really want to find them. I haven't found them yet and i don't know what brand they are or anything so if anybody out there knows what they are send us a message uh so other than those things the last thing i had on my list which is a pretty low priority in terms of survivability but is a flashlight and i think i put it on here more because of the wheeling aspect of it if you're out and you end up needing to work on your rig at night Mm -hmm. um either you have a nice flashlight a headlamp or a good floodlight yeah kind of thing or you just don't work on your rig at night and you wait until the morning yeah daylight headlamps Um, i love headlamps and i've heard them called bad names and (laughs) you know and people call them funny names but the fact of the matter is i have a lot i'm using a light source and my both of my hands are free yes and you know it's like if i have a flashlight in my hand then it's you know like i can pinch it between my shoulder and my head <laughs> yeah. you know but then it's not as comfortable yeah. but yeah i and i don't have a headlamp in in my emergency bag cuz i'm usually using it mm-hmm. it's you know a part of the everyday camping adventure yeah. so headlamps are great yeah um a few more of th- uh, some non high priority things that i have on my list is aluminum foil i have yeah. i usually carry around a chunk i and i pull out a, a lot of heavy like i'll pull out you know two or three feet of this heavy duty aluminum foil and then if i can fold it up into like you know a three by three square yeah you know kind of or you know thing that's not very thick and you can use aluminum foil for a lot of different things um you know, for even to like keep yourself warm, you can line your pots and your um, pans from your camp stove so that the heat stays in and it's more efficient. Um, you can cover, you can make a lid, mm-hmm. you can for a pan, you know, and cover it up and cook inside of that. You I can think set up a windbreak for starting a fire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's windbreaks for fires. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are that's a good, good one, too. So I think aluminum foil is a very versatile tool to have mm-hmm. or um, you a piece to have and it doesn't and we all know it doesn't weigh anything yeah so it's it's kind of fun that way um, some other things I have I actually have hand and toe warmers because oh, okay. mm-hmm. uh, I'm usually snow camping yeah and you know and it's always nice to have just a little extra boost of warmth if you're in a in a bad situation gotcha and those don't weigh then those just need air yeah. to activate and so like you open the bag and you just twist the thing around and it's, they start getting warm instantly okay um i also carry some wet naps or you know baby wipes okay. um you know with me that are in solo bags so that you can uh you don't have to carry this big pouch with you mm-hmm. and the and when they're soloed out you can um divvy it up a lot easier yeah. and work with it uh another thing i wanted to talk about was just some uh, some drugs Okay, that was going to be my next question because I didn't put first aid kit on here. Yeah. Uh, but, and I thought about it and I was like, is it really necessary for survival? Okay. And I think that there's a couple of things in there that would be necessary just for emergency mm-hmm. kind of thing. But like, I don't know, I couldn't think of like bandages or stuff. Like I, would, I wouldn't necessarily need a bandage, per, like a band-aid, I should say. Right. 
Um, but Benadryl, mm-hmm. absolutely, you should have Benadryl in, yep. in a survival kit. Um, yeah, Benadryl's a good one. Uh-huh. Um, I I have Advil and um, ibuprofen mm-hmm. in there. Um, and that's for the most part is um, like what I usually take. I also take some like Claritin okay. and... Um, I can't remember the name it's of it. Antihistamine. Yeah, an antihistamine. Mm-hmm. There's two types of antihistamines that I like. One of them will, um, it like, um, makes your sense, like, opens your capillaries and makes you a little bit more hyper and it kind of caffeinates you in a way. Okay. And the other one um, will put you more to sleep. Huh. Right. Okay. And so I, the one that opens your capillaries, works really good if you start getting elevation sickness. Ah, that's a good hint. I yeah. never realized that, but and, yeah. But, and if you're taking it, you need to start heading down. Yes. <laughs> Don't stay there. <laughs> Don't stay there and think you're going to get it better. You know, like this is, this is like a little boost, to, you know, to help you get down the mountain and get better. Yeah. You know, this isn't like, oh, I'm going to take it. I'm going to continue and summit. Yeah, you know, right. no, this is, uh, this is a situation where you you need to start heading back. This is like going into <laughs> anaphylactic shock and getting an EpiPen. Kind of. Yeah. You, you, is, yeah. you're not okay you just bought yourself a little bit more time right is all that it is yeah and that's when you're like re- like really getting sick yeah. right this is this is past like i'm not feeling well you know like oh yeah. this is like i'm throwing up yeah and i need and my bad things are my open. bad things yeah, are happening yeah. yeah yeah um and so there's depending on what situ- this is all situational it seems uh-huh. like but depending on what situation you're going to be putting yourself into i usually take a little bit of different drugs a lot of times i'm taking the ibuprofen or the um aspirin just mainly for like i walked a lot today yeah. and my body's <laughs> sore <laughs> yeah you know and i'm i know i'm gonna have to figure out and walk a lot tomorrow yeah. you know and so that's that's kind of just that situation it's as for first aid kits i find that usually for me a first aid kit is um i it's a situ if a a basic first aid kit which is good to have is not a very is not a life threatening situation yeah when things become a life threatening situation the trip is over yes and <laughs> you are now focused on what needs to be done to in that situation yeah and usually your your first aid kit is I mean, it will have a lot of the things that you could use, but it doesn't have a lot of the things that you, you know, won't solve the problem. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm thinking of like possible rollover on somebody, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, like somebody has, uh, you know, a bone popping out of their arm, mm-hmm. right? Like a first aid kit's not like going to solve that problem. Yeah. You know, a t-shirt is going to be <laughs> as good as what's inside of that, exactly. um, you know, first aid kit. T-shirt and some rope. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's another item I didn't put on my list, but you sh- absolutely should have it. Paracord. Paracord. Paracord's paracord. a good one. Paracord yeah. and, and a lot of paracord because you can do a lot of different things with paracord. Mm-hmm. It's extremely versatile. Um, so you can use it to make tools, lash wood together, um, put together a shelter, mm-hmm. um, tie your arm to you if you break your collarbone or your arm or something. There, there's tons, tons of yeah. different uses and no different knots. And how to yes. and, and what knots yeah. are good for knots what are knots are that like what's the what's the saying if you don't can't tie a knot tie a lot uh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess so <laughs> <laughs> but knowing a few good knots is is very important yeah um, that's for the most part all I had and I know like we're missing some things oh, and people totally. are going to be like 
I can't believe you guys. I mean, we, I mean, we didn't talk about, we barely talked about a knife, yeah. but knives, I think a knife, I always have usually have a knife on me. Yeah. So I don't really have that on in my emergency kit. Cause it's one of the things that's on sort of my EDC, mm-hmm. um, you know, What's so EDC? everyday carry. I got you. Okay. <clears throat> Come on. Keep up with the <laughs> Sorry, times. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my everyday ki- carry items yeah. where there I'm, you know, going to the grocery store or if I'm going out <laughs> wheeling, I usually have a knife on me. So it's not yeah. usually on this list. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not in my emergency bag. Um, you know, um, some other things that you might think of is if you're allergic to anything, trying to find, um, some of the, what's good for it. Like I'm not allergic to anything. And so like a bee sting, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But yeah. some people are allergic to bees and, you know, so maybe you need to carry some meat tenderizer with you because a meat tenderizer is good for withdrawing the venom out, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and depending on what, what situations and where you're going, you know, know about what's there, if it's poison oak or if it's, you know, rattlesnakes or if you're going into a boa constrictor territory or whatever mm-hmm. you know um i wish just, i could go to boa constrictor territory yeah That'd florida awesome. yeah. you can go to florida no i can't florida well, not right now but you can <laughs> yeah um and so i think um know what you're doing and know how to kind of what items that you need and i think this is a I, I thought this, you know, came out to be a better episode than i think i had planned it to be <laughs> um because you kind of covered I covered more of a very niche side of things and you yeah. kind of made it more broad, which I think was, which was good. Um, how do you, and so like, I would say, let's take a, let's take a bigger step out with okay. a, a little, we have a few more kind of minutes with us. I would still inside of a rig for wheeling okay, or a tote. <laughs> uh-huh. I carry a hatchet. Yep. I carry a first aid kit. Yep. Um, I carry a fire extinguisher. Yep. Um, you know, I carry my, like usually my sleeping bags and clothes and stuff are all in there, yep. you know, um, I'm right there with you on that. Yeah. You know, you, uh, you carry an extra blanket. I don't I usually do. carry an extra blanket. I do in Charlotte actually behind the seat, mm-hmm. but not in Bobcat. Yeah. Um, I usually have my, uh, my beautiful jacket that you love. Absolutely. I so have, much. <laughs> which is for the most part, waterproof. Um, I can't jump in a lake and be dry, but yeah. Uh, it, it has a couple of holes in it now from using it for winching purposes as a, a line damper. But the I have that. So that's jacket. how we're gonna get rid of it, <laughs> right? I'm just gonna get so many holes in it that it doesn't work anymore. Uh, I have a hat, so sun protection. I have my big goofy hat that I like. Uh, I've got sunscreen. That's because, another good one because me. I, I think I we talked a little bit about this after the Meadow Lake trip. Uh, me and son have just decided to knock it along and okay. we're okay with that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, if I can stay out of the sun as much as possible, um, it's very nicely, um, received on my body. Yeah. Like for some reason, I just, if I sit out in the sun, I just, I overheat very quickly and I don't know if it's because I've had heat exhaustion before. Um, or heat. I haven't had a heat stroke yet. I have had definitely had heat exhaustion before where I've blacked out in the heat. Um, I don't know if that's because of it, but like if I'm out in heat, the heat just affects me really bad. <laughs> so sunscreen, I need to have sunscreen. I need to have my big floppy hat. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What are some other things that I carry in the rig? Uh, multi-tool, a couple of yeah. knives. Um, I well, have all my other a good one. I actually <laughs> carry a Leatherman in the red bag that I think I talked about last episode oh, yeah. that has like a random assortment of stuff. Mm-hmm. I have a Leatherman in there. Nice. I keep uh, Advil and ibuprofen. 
So Tylenol, acetaminophen, and yeah. ibuprofen in the in the rig at all times. Uh, I have my emergency blanket, my life straw, live in the glove box. Uh, what else do I have in there? Fire extinguisher. We said that mm. a rope. I carry my old winch line with me at all times. Really? Which has about 80, 70 to 80 feet left of rope. Dang. So I have that and that's a, you know, a 20,000 pound, 15,000 yeah. pound, uh, static line right. that you can use for a ton of different purposes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if I need to, uh, strap and tie my leaf springs together, <laughs> I always think of Boondock Saints whenever somebody's talking about ropes. Really? I'm sick and tired of toting around your fucking rope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I usually carry quite a bit of rope. I've got, you know, in the first Gen 4 runner, I had five lengths of 50 feet paracord. Uh, yeah. And, and that then, doesn't take up a lot of room. No, it doesn't. And mm. yeah, it's definitely coming handy. I used a lot that paracord for a yeah. lot of different things. I have two in... Uh, two and like a quarter mm-hmm. in the, um, in one of my totes. Mm-hmm. And I say a quarter because I've been in camping situations where I needed to lash down a tent Yeah, and I ended up cutting up the paracord yeah. to <laughs> use it as, you know, some of the anchor points. Yeah. So I don't know there's, there's, there's lots of different things. I'm sure we forgot stuff. Oh yeah. Um, so don't get upset. I would say good, we didn't really talk about tents, we you know, didn't. but I would say, uh, Cause we, I think we sort of just gla- glanced over it with shelter and like emergency shelter, but yeah. I would say a good tent, you know, keep, you know, if you're backpacking, mm-hmm. you're going to need a good tent. If you're, yeah. if you're car camping, you know, you're going to probably carry your tent or you have a, your vehicle with you or you're under your vehicle or, you know, under your vehicle works really well as a shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't necessarily Besides need wind, wind protection. Yeah. You're, you're going to get shelter from uh, rain. You're going to stay dry. Yeah. Uh, unless your transfer case leaks oil. but yeah yeah another thing we never really touched on and i don't know too much about it um is like desert survival i know nothing about desert desert survival and so i I don't even want to begin to touch on that because i will give all the wrong info i'm sure yeah well i'm just saying like shelter is a whole nother meaning and shelter and winter or in a desert situation is you're now getting shelter from the sun during the day yeah. And you're probably moving traveling at, at night. night. Yeah. Um, you know, and then water is like your key thing that you need to really worry about. Uh-huh. And there are tricks and I, you should YouTube it. Solar that, stills, solar stills where uh-huh. you dig in a hole and you pit uh, like a jar in the middle of the hole. And then you could probably use your, um, emergency blanket oh, yeah, and you, you can, um, yeah. lay that over with the lowest point of the blanket over the jar. And then the, it'll soak or to pull water out of the ground. Well, it just creates humidity. So yeah. as the water evaporates, it goes up and then recondensates on the as blanket, it, on the blanket, right. on the underside, rolls down. And it rolls down to the center point. Exactly. So the trick to that is you have to have some water in the ground yeah. to get that to work. So mm-hmm. you can, if it, you're in a desert, you can pee in it and it just soaks up the, all that, all that evaporates is water. You don't get the, the extra right. minerals and everything in your urine. But, uh, if you're anywhere else, you just need water to water the ground with. If yeah. you're lucky enough that your ground is already has moisture to it, then that's all you need to do. Right. But yeah, solar stills are, those things are key yeah, in survival life for, life you know saving. how to make one of those. I've always wanted to take some of those like wilderness life saving courses. Yeah. I thought those would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. And I used to throw myself into the situations way more <laughs> often than I do now of like, I'm actually, th- I need to know these things because I'm out here, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
sometimes a few miles away from a, or a few days away from a road, yeah. you know, and even that road is not traveled. Yeah. <laughs> but now I, I'm usually driving. No, I've told, I think I've mentioned this before, but I really want to go and hike the Feather River again. I've yeah. done it from Stag Point down to Cleghorn Bar and it's a, it's a good solid hike. And there's points where you have to jump in the river because the canyon's too steep to That's get cool. to get down through things. So I think it would be, I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think it'd be fun to go and do that hike with you mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of go out there for a weekend and see if we can get through it in a weekend. I'm down. <laughs> and then once we do that, then we can go tackle Devil's Canyon. Yeah. Downstream of that. And then I'll take you up Mount Shasta. I don't know. I don't do very, I don't know. I've been doing okay at elevation lately, but typically I don't, I'm a little worried because I've had a collapsed lung oh. as to how I will do at high elevations. Yeah. That's probably not a good so, thing. We'll take it's extra an, oxygen with us. And, yeah. And so, Cheat. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited and scared to hear the, what we missed <laughs> right. because I'm pretty, I, you know, where I'm drawing a blank right now, but I'm sure we've missed some pretty important items. I'm sure we have. Um, so write them in to us and you'll get a shout out on the next episode. There you go. <laughs> so I think that's about it. Unless you had anything else to add. No, not really. Cool. If you guys want to write in some of your ideas, uh, we get a lot of feedback all over the place through Instagram, through email. You guys should know what those are by now. If you don't, then shame on you. Go back and listen to another episode. Uh, write in. Let us know some of the items that you guys take for survival, backpacking, things where you're, you're literally having to survive out there. So uh, let us know. I'm curious. Curious what those things are that we missed. Yeah. You can write me, Jimmy, at snailtrail4x4.com. You can write Tyler, Tyler, at snailtrail4x4.com. You can find me on Instagram, snailtrail4x4. You can find me on uh, YouTube at snailtrail4x4. You can find Tyler on Instagram at 4x4 Toyota Tyler. And make sure to check out more Flight. And snail armor. And snail armor. <laughs> And let's go check out the snail armor tailgate that I we met. To, oh, that's right. That we, we talked about on last earlier. episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go do that. Do you have any final words for everybody? Yeah. Oh, really? I do. Is that your final word? No. Is, oh, okay. If you throw peanuts into your mouth and chew a bunch of times, you make peanut butter. I'm not even going to uh, comment on that. So instead, just everybody out there, remember, keep crawling. <laughs>